you find that the population of very skilled construction workers, blue-collar construction workers, which is our focus area, um, they're probably aged on average between 45 to 50 years old mm. now. And you don't have uh, enough of the younger skilled workers um, coming on board now to close that gap. Hello, my name is Adairi Kefe and you're listening to The Experience Pod. The Experience Podcast series discusses the adoption of relevant emerging technologies and trends for impact-oriented professionals and individuals who demand realistic and thought-provoking perspectives on the opportunities and challenges presented by these phenomena in our unique environment. Today's series is aptly titled Engineering the Future Workforce. As we know, upskilling remains an important prerequisite to ensure relevance in this digital economy. It also helps to close the unemployment gaps. We constantly hear about Nigerians' need to focus on infrastructure development spurred on by the collapse of critical infrastructure. The disruption team thought it would be important to talk about the construction industry and delve into a less discussed aspect of the industry, education. We have now seen education models emerge predominantly with software companies and now with construction. So today I have with me Oare Ehimwa, the CEO of OPL Academy, whose organization brings this model to the construction space. Welcome Oare. Thank you Ada, it's a pleasure to be here. Let's discuss a little bit about what made you go into the construction space and could you talk more about the services that OPL offers? Sure. It all started with just the whole issue of youth unemployment Mm. in Nigeria. Mm. And we have a population that is not letting down anytime soon. Our population size keeps increasing Mm -hmm. and it's just causing tremendous strain Mm -hmm. on already strained infrastructure. So I have a passion for education. And I just felt if there's one industry where I could probably look into that's large enough to absorb talent, skilled talent, and put them to decent work, it's probably the construction industry. And I I took a look at macros, and the macros are not looking good. Um, You find that there's a huge housing deficit Mm. in Nigeria. Mm. For instance, World Bank estimates that um, we need to produce about 850,000 houses annually over the next 20 years to just bridge this um, Mm. gap in in housing. Quality of housing is bad, Mm. so two-thirds of um, our population in the urban area lives, you know, inside substandard housing. Another issue again was just around skill. So you find that the population of very skilled construction workers, blue-collar construction workers, which is our focus area, um, they're probably aged on average between 45 to 50 years old Mm. now. And you don't have uh, enough of the younger skilled workers um, coming on board now to close that gap. So for us, construction was a no-brainer, especially given my passion for education. Mm. And I just feel that if we can address the skills gap, then it could sort of have a domino effect on all the other macros that are looking quite negative at the moment within the industry. Mm. As to why we decided to go into this now, I just feel we're sitting on a time bomb. (laughs) And if we don't address this now, yeah, it's going to cause serious issues later. Our mission really is simple. We want to bridge the skills gap in the construction industry and also raise the standard of skills 
because we find that education within the sector is so poor. Another issue that we're trying to do as well is put blue-collar construction workers. So these are masons, your carpenters, yeah. your electricians, your plumbers. I'm sure you probably have a thousand oh, we all stories have <laughs> yeah. of you know them coming to your house yeah. and maybe leaving more issues than they met. Sure. Sure. So we run like a professional ethics program, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is more service oriented because at the heart of it all, we believe that these people are servicemen. And we get high potential workers, we upskill them with these professional ethics, and then we connect them to jobs with reputable construction companies. Mm. And through our apprenticeship program, they get hands-on training with these companies and they also get exposed to best practice and like leading technologies. That's fantastic. I think it's about time, really. And um, it's interesting you mentioned the demographic. As we know, the average uh, youth is probably about 17, I think. Average. Yes. Yeah. Yes, on yeah. average. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, if you're saying that the current industry is tailoring towards 40, 45, yes. then that means it's a complete imbalance there. Yeah. How much progress have we made in building uh, the construction industry in a digital world? So that's a good question. I was reading somewhere that when you think about the construction industry, it's such a large industry. Well, historically, it has not been very innovative. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but in more developed countries now, you're finding technology being used mm. to foster safety on, on sites. Yeah. Um, people are using artificial intelligence yeah. to be able to detect yeah. if people are wearing their proper equipment and if tools are being yeah. placed in areas that yeah. could be hazardous. You also find that technology is being used to improve collaboration with team members, mm -hmm. to also increase efficiency on, on projects. In Nigeria, and in the construction space. <laughs> the construction space. The gap is certainly widening. So we don't really hear much of AI being used mm. in this part of the world. Yeah. But what we do find is technology being used to foster communication. Mm. And you find simple things like emails or WhatsApp yes. uh, being used to, for client communications. Yes. In more sophisticated companies, maybe they might use Slack, which is yeah. one of like the emerging team collaboration tools that's being used. Okay. For for projects, you find softwares are very common, like Autodesk, yeah. for instance. Yeah. You find that many architects or quantity surveyors know how to use these tools. Mm -hmm. Again, younger companies might opt for easier to use tools like Monday. Mm -hmm. So it's not exactly a substitute, mm -hmm. but you do find that it's really good for tracking. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So I know we've talked about upskilling and we've talked about the importance of upskilling. Uh, we believe it's only going to increase in gravity with our rising population, like you said, and globalization activities. How do your trainings evolve with global standards, especially with advancement in technology? You've, you've talked a little bit about the, the tools and software that you, you currently use. But within the blue-collar construction space, how do you use... I, I, I hear WhatsApp, you know, and WhatsApp, I guess, is widely, uh, would be widely used. Not a lot of, correct me if I'm wrong, construction workers will take sophisticated form to, to a site. So how do you uh, upskill these guys and how do you ensure that there's that synergy with what's happening globally? Mm -hmm. I think that's a great question, Ada. One of the greatest assumptions we made starting mm. training for blue-collar workers mm was exactly that. Mm. Something as simple as your phone. Yeah. We assumed that all blue-collar workers are probably going to be using um, phones that don't, that don't have, have. <laughs> yes, features. Yes. Know, um, 
that are laughing. No, no, but I would say that one of the biggest ways that we've managed to build our alumni base for all the people mm. that we've trained and we've built we train about a hundred people. This has been a pilot year. So we trained a hundred workers now, carpenters, plumbers, electricians and masons, and we hope to close out the year with three hundred and we want to increase to a thousand. Mm. One of the ways we've managed to just engage our alumni and continue the conversation post training mm. has been through WhatsApp. Mm. <laughs> so actually about ninety, ninety five percent of our alumni are on WhatsApp. So they all have phones that allow for this. Yeah. And this is actually very important for us because when we think about where we're heading to, yeah. and again, speaking about technology, we're also looking to create a digital platform mm -hmm. that's called LaborHack. Okay. So LaborHack is going to serve as an online platform that would connect um, people who have graduated from OPL Academy to end users. So these could be construction companies, they could be households. But the idea behind that is to give high potential blue collar workers access um, to projects on an ongoing basis. Okay. And so we are definitely going to leverage their ability to use smartphones yeah. um, to do that. And you also look at Uber yeah. and how yeah, many drivers probably had to get smartphones That's just true. because they decided that it was yeah. a tool yeah. that they needed to get their job done. But going back to the question, definitely for construction work and for blue colors, because the skills that they need are so hands-on, we have to ensure that we're offering very practical training. And so what we do in the classroom is just a month of training. Mm -hmm. And it's basically just to expose them to cognitive skills mm -hmm. that they need. Mm -hmm. The majority of the work is now done on site. So oh, okay. by connecting them to leading construction companies, where through an apprenticeship program, they can get that hands-on training that they need. So we accredit all the construction companies we work with because we need to ensure that they're getting exposed to the right kinds of skills and the right kinds of technology. But within our classroom, we use a lot of videos. Mm. And so this is one thing that we find that students really appreciate mm. because it's not something that they're used to having. Um, but we find that it really helps in deepening learning mm. and just mm. creating fostering engagement. Mm. Another thing that we do is for continuous learning, we always encourage um, them to use shared learning digital platforms. We actually did engage a plumber in our class who learned um, the basic skills through YouTube. Wow. So yeah, so we find that they are inclined to learn that yeah. way as well, and which is very key because if we can build um, a steady stream of video content that teaches these people, um, then you'll find that even beyond the classroom, they can always refer to these materials. And social media is another one that's very mm. amazing. So while they're browsing and everything, we encourage them to follow sites yeah. where they can keep abreast of like mm. the latest technology mm. and emerging trends. Mm. And we also partner with product companies. We find that product companies are willing to leverage our alumni base to teach them about products that they're bringing into the market. That's fantastic. Yeah, and so that these are some of the ways that we're using technology to try and bridge the gap. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So obviously um, your curriculum is forever evolving just to accommodate the new skills that are coming um, into the market. Yeah, great. Uh, so we, we've talked a bit about, obviously you've talked about um, technology and how it's being used in your, in your space. I mean, one of the things we do here at the Experience Centre is uh, use emerging technology to reimagine the possible. I know that in the construction industry, rework and under-budgeting are common challenges in the construction space. So what technology have you identified that can boost productivity in the construction space? Very good question, Ada. First thing I'd like to say is 
blue collar construction workers are absolutely critical to mm. the success of any project. Yeah, you. So you can have the brightest architect come up with the most amazing design, but if you don't have blue collar construction workers that can execute, mm. that design yeah. just remains a dream. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so, so, so that's the first thing I would like to point out. And we do identify um, with the fact that lack of skills within the sector could create a lot of reworks, mm. a lot of, of failures in the process that could waste a lot of time mm. and money. Mm. And technology, um, especially in the developed countries, um, is playing a huge role mm. in trying to bridge that gap. Mm. You have things like virtual reality. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you find that companies abroad use virtual reality to recreate what the space could look yep. like for architects, yeah. for instance. So clients come in and then they see the space, they see the colors, they see the layout. And then they decide, yes, this is exactly what I want. They have reimagined they, the possible. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So that way you get closure quickly. Yeah. And then by the time you do build this out, you find that you, you have less of that back and forth. Yeah. Another area that technology is being used is also just with regards to um, trying to imagine spatial dimensions mm -hmm. and also in, in terms of material planning. Because you find that if you don't get those things right, you will have structural defects. Mm -hmm. And so you have technology that's being used as well by architects, mm -hmm. by people to, to, give, you that to give you that precision. Mm -hmm. And so in planning, you mm -hmm. find that also that's being taken into account. Here in Nigeria, a lot of the work is still work in progress. Yeah. It's a heavy investment. Yeah. And you do find that our wastage levels are tremendously high. Yes, um, so we do need to bridge the gap in that regard. Sounds great, sounds great. Uh, do you have any thoughts around, you know, one of the things that we come across when we talk about automation and robotics, it's more of loss of jobs. Mm. What are your thoughts around robotics and automation playing a huge role in your space? Yeah, so, so th this question <laughs> makes me smile because um, it's a question that we do ask yeah. some of um, the people that yeah. we interview. And every time the response is the same. Yeah, technology can replace what we do. <laughs> um, and it's because you still require that human. You um, do. And I agree. You do. I completely yeah. agree. I don't think the technology will ever replace yeah. to, you know, completely yeah. 100%. Um, the human function mm. for a number of roles yeah. that especially roles that require you to do some kind of cognitive thinking yeah. Yeah. and we and these things are skills that humans have mm. and, and enable them to adapt yeah. that robots do not necessarily yeah. have but I do I do believe that technology is increasingly being used especially robots yeah. to you know just increase efficiency in the job mm. to reduce wastage levels and just as a cost measure as sure. well. For instance, you do find now that you have 3D printers. Yep. Yeah, 3D printers that can create homes in 24 hours. Amazing. At a fraction of the cost. Amazing. And using a fraction of the workers. Do you um, think we'll get to, to yeah. that in Nigeria? So, using 3D printing to, to create. Well, the good news is yes. that a lot of these 3D printers do not yeah. really require electricity. Um, well, true tremendous, that. Yeah, yes. Tremendous sources of power yeah. to use because of batteries and stuff like that. So it might not be too far off. Right? Yes. <laughs> I guess is my point, yes. given our power constraints yeah. and everything. 
But I really do wish that we could think more in that direction, mm. especially again going back to our housing deficit. Okay. Um, we do have to come up with innovative ways of okay. bridging the gap. Right. And materials as well, you find that um, there are innovative materials being used now mm. that are just more eco-friendly as well, just easier to put together. Yeah. And if we could employ more of those things, then we, we could go a long way here. I agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. So, off the hot seat, uh, where it comes to emerging technologies and, and, and trend. What was the last prediction you got wrong? <laughs> yeah. Uh, going into OPL Academy, mm. one thing that a lot of people said was, how are you going to control these blue-collar workers? Mm. You're a female in a male-dominated industry. Are they going to listen to you? And our experience has been the opposite. We find that the youth are just looking for a channel. Hunger. They're so yeah. hungry for a channel that's meritocratic yes. and that is just willing to put the investment in them. And when they see that, they do, they sit up yeah. and they put in the work required. Yeah. I'll tell you that attrition rate is tremendously low. Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. and we do find that a lot of our workers come back with testimonials about how our trainees have changed oh. them, not just on the job, but in their families, in their homes. Mm. So it's tremendous. Mm. Um, so I would say that that's one prediction that probably mm. has not played out has so not far. Played out. Fingers crossed. No, good. No, so far, so good. So then. far, so good. So far, so good. <laughs> What's one view you seem to find very few people agree on? Hmm. I would say how quickly Nigeria could probably reach its potential. Mm. Yeah. Labor, so I would say now that brain drain is a very serious thing. A lot of people have given up <laughs> on the country, moving out. And I mean, you can't really blame them. Everyone has their reasons. Sure. But I would say that if you talk to a number of them, probably because they just do not have a clear line of sight to how yeah. quickly things could improve. Yeah. But for me, I think that transformation is happening every day. Mm. And it's just with people creating their own oasis of sanity mm. and not just waiting for some big event to happen sure. that brings around that change. Yeah. Yeah. So as people go out and get exposed, you find that they're bringing their experiences and, and their skills back to bear home. Yeah. back home. Yeah. And, and things are improving across different sectors. Yeah. Mm. I, I would say that's probably one view that many people <laughs> agree, on. Can agree on. Yeah. Uh, so, our previous guest, uh, Yomi Awoboko, uh, CEO of Enyul, has a question for you. And it goes, <laughs> he would like to know how your business is using mobile technology, cloud computing, and machine learning to make sure you have positive outcomes for your business. I know you've touched a bit on yeah. it, but maybe you want to yeah. address him specifically. Yeah. I, I guess I would speak more to where OPL is going yeah. and kind of our sister company that's coming up now, which mm -hmm. is Labor Hack, okay. the digital platform. Yeah. So currently we have a database of about 5,000 construction workers, and these are both blue collar and white collar construction workers. Mm -hmm. And we use a database, a CRM tool to manage them. Okay. So we have all the information. Okay right down to their local government area, right? And we're hoping to be able to mine this data to be able to create some kind of map that tells where construction workers are across the country. If we can do that with data lacking um, in this country, and we think it could go a long way in just helping us plan better, especially how to deploy our talent um, in areas that um, they're needed the most. 
I would say with digital technology, again, with this platform, mm. we really want to increase the visibility of highly skilled blue-collar workers to the end user. Sure. Mm. And that's one way we're using digital technology to do, to do that, yeah. Great. Uh, so, finally, you know, we talk about disruption and talk about disruption being interrelated. In that respect, what's one perspective you would like to get from our next guest? <laughs> and we don't know who the next guest is. Uh, we don't is. know who the next guest is. So we're going to keep it fairly broad. Yes. Yeah. Maybe just simply to know what change means to them and trying to understand that from, from the perspective of whether it's more around scope, whether it's more around depth, quality. Um, just trying to understand how people think about change. Again, going back to my previous point about their views, many people's views on Nigeria. Mm -hmm. yeah, it'll be interesting to know how do people see change and what does it mean to them? Yeah. Fantastic question. Thank you for bringing so much clarity um, into this space. I mean, it's something that we've deliberated on. And it's funny when we talk about a construction space, we never really think about education. And I think you're doing an amazing job by upskilling and giving people opportunity to better themselves and also better their products. Uh, we're all, dare I say, victims of not so great uh, outcomes when it comes to construction. Uh, so I think you're doing an amazing job. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>